So I told you, Ellie, you know, like, you can find horror in, like, any basic suburban setting. You know, like yesterday when our dog's tooth fell out of his head. <laughs> oh, God, she's laughing so hard. This is real. She can't, she can't stop. This intro's running too long. But we can't stop it because Ellie's died of laughter. Oh, wait. No, she's alive. <laughs> To a match made in space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And, and yesterday, our dog's tooth fell out of his head. <laughs> yes. We are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And uh, today, John showed me The Burbs. Yes, The Burbs from 1989, directed by Joe Dante and starring Tom Hanks, Carrie Fisher, Bruce Dern, Rick Ducumman, Corey Feldman, Wendy Shaw. And the great playwright, Henrik Ibsen. <laughs> but um bumch uh, Yeah, so... <clears throat> By the way, uh, just so you know, we lost a very dumb bit where I would not let that go. No, he would not let it go. Um, so, uh, anyway, so in the burbs... Um, oh, do you want to give your pitch? Oh, um, do you want to start there? Or do you want to sure. give us some more information? Or how do you want to do this? Um, well, actually, why am I pitching? Oh, I guess I you, You're the one who pitches. We both pitch. Yeah, but the person who watches the movie pitches first. Oh, is that how it the per- Yeah. Have you never listened to our podcast? I apparently have not. I only listen to it when I edit it. And then like four or five times after that because I love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll, I'll pitch it. Okay, so the burbs. Okay, so, okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. I'm a busy man. Time is money. So, Tom Hanks. Sold. Wait, no, no, I'm sorry. It's 1989. Are you sure? Joe versus the volcano guy? Just remember that he always brings in the women's because the women no, take it uh, no, no, Nobody came to see Joe versus the volcano or the money pit. I think you're going to need to try again. Mm, okay, okay, okay. Imagine Kristen Shawl has a mother. Um, she does, but it's not Wendy Shawl. Damn. Okay, 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 okay. Um, imagine Laura Dern has a father. No, that's unbelievable. <laughs> it's impossible. Laura Dern who plays Diane, there's no possibility. Um, well, well, if you I like this Laura I like this Laura Dern uh, character you're talking about. Let's put her in a movie. <laughs> Perhaps with a futuristic amusement park with real dinosaurs. <laughs> Woo-hoo, let's go do that movie. Off to I run. call it Diane from Twin Peaks and the Clonosaurus. <laughs> All right. Okay, what about your pitch? Okay. Every American suburb has that one house that no one takes care of. And you don't know what's going on inside. What if famed Major League pitching ace Roy Halladay answered the door as a creepy Serbian guy without uh, with with a bad beard? And oh, come on! It's not just terrifying. Roy Halladay, a former Phillies pitcher, yeah, scruffy super, beard, super 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 scary. Are we? Are we? I'm sorry. Was this a horror film? Oh, got it. Um, 
yeah, this is uh, this is this is not a fruitful line of discussion. <laughs> so let us move on to the next part of the, the movie. We are failing miserably at talking about the verbs, right? Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, a, I'm abandoning the bit. Ripcord. <laughs> <laughs> I just get pulled out like a stuntman on a bungee cord. I, I, think, just I think the away. problem here is that I didn't know either reference you were making, and I was trying to roll with it, and I rolled badly. I basically That's okay. took. I okay. how I rolled. I basically took like one of those foam rollers, and I was like, "I've made a horrible mistake." <laughs> like that was me here. on your bit. I don't okay, know let what me, you're me, talking about. Let me go ahead. I just, uh, just. I mean, this isn't going to help anyone else, but if I, uh, you know, if you Google oh, image oh, search, you if you Google image search Roy Halliday, um, you can just see he's got kind of a slack jawed, terrible, like bad beard. He looks kind of like uh he looks like a Hans, oh, Hans Klopek. See, but sometimes I feel like you think that I'm a different person who's doing the podcast with you. <laughs> yeah. As someone who actually would know Philly's pitcher Roy Halliday. And it who doesn't? He me. was a he's an all-star. Right. I'm just gonna check my message I boards. Mean, um, wow. That's you're, a fun time. You're boring me, so, so okay. <laughs> Um, let's start the burbs, which I have to say, I didn't, um, I knew that, that Tom Hanks was in it, but I was, was unaware of anybody else who was going to be in this movie. And I also was unaware that this was partially a horror film, although I should have probably figured that out with Joe Dante being. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a, it's a horror in quotes. Yeah. In quotes. It's, it's horror, a horror, like, like it's a horror Gremlins is a horror movie. You know. So, but anyway, but I didn't have any, I didn't know that, but, um. Actually, is, I would say, uh, I would say it's almost more like a thriller than a horror, because it's like, sure. it's got the psycho kind of thing going on. With, I, I guess. guess. I mean, technically, that's a fine line. People, like, we're splitting hairs with that. Like, walking but, that fine line. Am I? Di- are we, no, I'm actually, I'm walking, line? walking on, walking on, walking on broken glass. Actually. Oh wow. Okay. Wow. Um, wow. Hey, hey, hush, hush. Keep it down now. Voice is carry. <laughs> uh, okay, go away. All right. No, wait. Don't go away. It'll kill the podcast. <laughs> um, um, oh wow. I bet I redlined us there. <laughs> probably just a little. So, uh, it, I it 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 starts out with a scary music sting. Okay. <laughs> What? Smash cut to scary music. Well, I mean, that's what it felt like. And then Tom Hanks um, comes out of his house, I guess. It, there's no words at the... Well, well, somebody does a voiceover, but like yelling, wait, what wait. are you doing? Oh, 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 vo- oh I, I was thinking of voiceover like, in the summer. No, 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 no. Like, like she says her line, but it's An in voiceover. An ancient prophecy speaks um, of a suburban man. But Tom Hanks man. steps on the lawn of the, the house next to him. And this wind comes up, this like scary yeah. wind. Yeah, when the house has already been noisy and yeah, yeah, around, banging around. There's like lights going on in the basement. And... But what's funny is that as this whole beginning starts, scary music sting. You zone in from like up in Google Earth all the way down to, yeah. to their house. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a long straight shot where if you look carefully, you get wow. I just whistled just like whistled I just like whistled like, like Gopher from the Winnie the Pooh cartoon. Really not so great there. Um, I but like it's a it's a long shot uh, that pans down from the Earth like. To a, like a map, to like a model, to like the reality. Yeah. It, it, like if you look really carefully, you can see the joins, but it's actually a pretty good shot. It's pretty good you shot. You know, it's a predate, you know, like pre-computer era. You know, so they get stuff. so they and so as this whole music is going, you've got this whole long sort of oh, we're looking at the whole neighborhood, and then we get zone in, and we get we see Tom makes his house, and then we see him come out the door, and we hear his wife, who we found out later is Carrie Fisher, voiceover, "What are you doing? Where are you going?" And he walks outside. And then he steps out onto the lawn. So it takes a little time for this to happen. You know, yeah, like the way we're doing now. <laughs> yeah, right. But when he steps on the lawn and all this is going on, and I don't know what the heck we're watching. John's enjoying the hell out of it because he knows this movie. These were the words that came out of my mouth. And I wrote them down. What the motherfuck are we watching? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we have Allie Reads Her Notes Theater. <laughs> 
I can make fun of her right now because I forgot to take notes. Yeah, you don't. Small conf- small confession. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I show movies that I like where I'm like, you know, maybe this is good, maybe this is bad. I can't remember. It's been a long time. It had been a long time since I'd seen this. I'd forgotten how much I love this movie. I didn't. I wrote down like I, the Burbs directed by Joe Dante. <laughs> That's as far as I got. And then so, I was like, like watching with my head in my hands, like a little kid going. Ooh, kicking my legs against the wall. So what I always love about these kinds of movies, especially when somebody's sort of self-referential, I, I love those kinds of movies where it's like you... Well, if you love self-referential, it. you love Joe Dante. So Right. So <laughs> you know. as as the, the... So, you know, of course, that scene ends and up comes the sun and it's the... Yes. Up comes the sun. We see, um, right. you know, it's now a neighborhood and you start to see little things going on in the neighborhood. Oh, I see. You can sing for 45 minutes. And the... And the, when we get inside Tom Hanks' house and we see Carrie Fisher and they have a son um, and they have a dog, um, which we found out later. Um, and the dog may or may not be the same, same dog, dog actor that played Einstein slash Newton from uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. Looks, he looks real similar. He looks real similar. Still, it's in that era. You know. I think it's a Braird. Braird Spaniel, something like that. i got to look it up. Baird. B-A-I-R-D. Baird? Yeah, it might be. Anyway, so. We Baird. So, uh, but what I loved about oh, no, that, is we, that as we go through the, um, the, the, like looking through the house a little bit in the kitchen and they're talking and whatever, and you find out that he's on vacation, the, you see the gremlin cereal, which made yep. me, I found that joy, joyful personally. Um, and in the background, you see someone being torn apart by one of the wolves from the howling. No, 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 you no. don't see that. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm actually, so, you know, it, it's hard to tell. It's a very hard cameo to spot. But Dennis Quaid is in a very tiny spaceship living inside Tom Hanks the entire movie. Wow. Wow. Why do you always respond with my terrible jokes with wow? Wow. Why I don't know what thunder? the hell else to say. Why you got to steal my thunder? So you just want silence after you... Yeah, I want awkward silence. I mean, that's literally you're what you're asking me to do. Me. You just... I mean, they can't see that. So I'm just, like, <laughs> speaking words... Because otherwise, it's. I mean, Can't I you say I am staring politely at you for that reference? Uh, I'll do that from now on. <laughs> I'm not saying you should do that. Oh, okay. Actually, well, you should do that. Why don't you tell me what to do? All right. Um, what you need to do right now is continue the podcast. Oh, okay, great. So, um, the, <laughs> so then we obviously find out it's Carrie Fisher is his wife, um, and she's looking Fisher Stevens, not in this movie, lovely as ever, and um, actually. Well, Actually, she's, this is like that weird second career renaissance she had in like the late 80s around when Harry met Sally and stuff. Yes. She's actually looking great. She looks great, yeah. You know, like she is like, she's like, she's she's off the drugs and high on life, you know, looking real good. Um, so, <clears throat> then we sort of start to get an idea of who's in the neighborhood. We learned... Why did I assume the Klopeks were Serbian when I was making that? That was the first thing that came to my mind was Serbian? Yeah, that's what she said. Well, we know they're not Slavic. They're not. Even though they keep saying they're Slavic. No, they know. They, 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 no. Someone asks, is that a Slavic name? And he oh, goes, yeah. no. Yeah, that's right. He goes, no. Wow, I, that, that red zone. Really that red, red line. Zone. Man, I'm going to have to take that That's going to dip out real hard. Whenever. Yeah, you're going to probably When, when your ears don't down. hurt, it's because I reduced the volume on that uh, on the, of that shout by about like 70 or 80%. You can just take that one little spot down with Amplify. It'll be fine. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, so, I know. I, I know how to use Audacity. Do you, know, do you know how to use Audacity? I'm the one who mixes this. Aw, so cute. So, um, oh, I'm a voice actress. I do all my auditions so, on Twisted Wave. So here are some of the characters. So we should just talk about who some of the characters are in the, in the in the neighborhood that we'll be seeing. So the first one is Walter. Walter is the one that has his dog, little dog, Queenie. Queenie is this, um, I think yeah. she's a poodle. She's a miniature poodle or yeah. a Bichon, one of the yeah. two. You can't really tell. Um, and Queenie likes to go take her dumps on the yard 
of other people. Oh, and oh, by the way, Walter is played by Gail Gordon, oh. who is uh, Mr. Mooney in the Lucy show. Oh yes, uh, that's right. Yeah. Like I knew it was driving me crazy He's the entire familiar. movie. Uh, you know, like yeah, like. Uh, and he has a roll, roll bad toupee, um, which comes into play later. Oh, that's right. He was also the second, like the replacement Mr. Wilson on the old. Remember the old Dennis the Menace TV show? Yes. Like from Nick at Night. Yes. Yeah, another an eighties reference through the fifties or or sixties or, or whatever. He was the second when they replaced the the first Mr. Wilson. I guess I'm guessing the actor died. Uh, but yeah, he he's 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 the second Mr. Wilson. Gotcha. But yeah, he's he's a guy who, like an, like he was in a lot of stuff in the fifties and sixties on I'm TV. I'm sure that was you know? his. Uh, and, his yeah, and he has the worst toupee. Yeah, so like it has um, a chin strap. It's so bad. he doesn't, uh, and it, apparently Queenie the dog likes to go to one particular house's yard to take her little dumps. Um, and that's the house of Bruce Dern. What's his character? Lieutenant name? Mark Rumsfield. Rumsfield. Which is, it's kind of funny that name, because, like, I don't think Donald Rumsfeld was very, like, big, a big name in politics. So right. it, it's so close to Rumsfeld. Yeah. You know, and that was before he was Secretary of Defense. It, right. You know, like, it's just, I think it's just a coincidence. Just a coincidence, yeah. You got Bruce Dern in there, you know. He's always got that high voice, kind of creepy. Yeah. But he he plays the he plays a guy who's obviously very like ex military. You know, like, but he's he's got long hair, like yeah. retired military. He's almost like a military hippie. It's very yeah. bizarre. Yeah, he's like he actually kind of reminds me of uh, Michael Gross's character from uh, from uh, Tremors. I never saw Tremors. Oh my god! I wish that was an '80s movie. Is it an '80s no, movie? No, I think it's a '90s it's, movie. If it's because if it if it somehow is in 1989, then we are canceling every other movie until we do Tremors. Oh, oh it's 1990. Yeah, I, Dang thought, it. I thought it was '90. Dang it! Just yeah, like Gremlins Two, the new man. I can't believe you've never seen Tremors. Tremors is so fun. Oh my god, that's a great movie. Let's talk about Tremors for a few minutes. So, anyhow, um, <laughs> there's been like five Tremors married, movies, by the way. He's married to. I mean, like he looks like he's. Her, I don't know, like at least fifteen years older than his wife. Um, you know, I, 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 I see Bruce Stern. Like, let's see, because I, Wendy, I, I feel Wendy like Shaw plays older his wife. than you think she is, but like, oh, she's oh yeah, he's he's Bruce Stern's in his fifties. Wendy yeah. Shaw's probably in her what thirties at the moment. Oldest. Yeah, at that time. Yeah, 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 no, she was. Yeah, Wendy Shaw. Wendy Shaw is like almost twenty years younger than her. Yeah. So, oh, okay, it's in nineteen seventy-six. So I was just... no. No, she wasn't born in 1976. No, I know. That's why I was confused. No, no, no. We were born in we 1976. Were born, I know. That's why I was confused. <laughs> I was not old enough to be married to Bruce Stern. <laughs> I was a little confused. In, the, in 1989. So, um, we were 13. So she, um, so she, and she's gorgeous. I mean, absolutely, like, and they play on that. Uh, a lot of yeah, male gays Wendy, Yeah, and Wendy Shaw's been in a, a few Joe Dante movies. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's part of his stable. That's one thing that Joe Dante really enjoys doing. I think Bruce Dern's been in more than one Dante movie, but like, he love he has his stable of actors that yeah. are like in as many like I like several like like there's like a list like I think the Wikipedia page if I remember correctly has like a paragraph like a long paragraph list of actors who've been in more than one Joe Dante movie right. like he he likes he likes to, to, to give the, he likes to reuse people whenever possible yeah. like he like if he likes someone he'll he'll throw them in as many movies as he can which is really cool and we'll we'll see a couple of very specific examples of that coming, coming up coming yeah. up. So then, um, uh, then there's Corey Feldman. <laughs> I don't know. I, I sorry. I, I'm required by law to laugh at the existence of Corey Feldman. I, and he plays what's the kid's name? Uh, Ricky Butler. Ricky Butler is like the. Is he 18, 20? Like, how's he supposed uh, to be? I don't know. He's a teenager. I don't know. Like, he's a teenager, and his parents uh, have gone out of town. Yeah, so he's like I think taking care think of his house. Yeah, I, I, I think this. It's implied maybe that this is the summer. You know, like because like. 
Because there's a couple of people on vacation yeah. throughout throughout the, the movie. I, I yeah, I think I'm I believe he's he's staying home and but he's supposed to be painting his porch or something. Yeah, it's like spring break or something. Oh, I don't think it's spring break. I think it's summer. It's actually summer. I think it's summer vacation because okay. uh, Rick DeComan's uh, character's wife is out of town for a week visiting. Uh, Tom Hanks is on vacation, but yeah. he's staying home. That's the whole we learn that he's on yeah. vacation and staying home. But anyway, and then okay, so then let's get back to then let's get and so I did Corey Feldman sort of like the I don't. I don't want to he's say the Greek chorus. Yeah, he's the Greek chorus. Exactly. Like we're just supposed to learn things through. He tell him. yeah. He he's he he never directly participates in anything, but he watches it and talks and about talks it. Talks about it to lot. other people or like like he's he's kind of a voyeur of the neighborhood. Yeah. and he loves the neighborhood. He's sort of we see ourselves through him. Right. In a way. Well, I think the movies. I mean, the premise of this movie, if you ignore like, is most of the characters in this movie begin this movie thinking suburbia is the normal way and everything's everything's completely normal which obviously the premise of this movie is there was darkness hidden in suburbia but uh Corey Feldman is like the teenage metalhead you know who like sees the darkness and is delighted by it yeah and he's like you know he's he's and, and Corey Feldman by the way also I guess part of the Dante stable because remember he was in Gremlins that's right he was and for all I know, he was also in Inner Space, but I don't know. I, I, it's been so long since I've seen Inner Space, I cannot remember like who all was. That's in one it. we could do. It's an eighties movie. Yeah, but it, I mean, we've both seen it, right? Yeah, we, we've got we such wanna... a laundry list yeah. of movies. We both every episode, you're like, we could do that one. I'm like, you do realize that only one fifth of our episodes. Well, are you ones know, we've it's seen. A, someday, someday maybe we'll actually allow our our fans to to uh, dictate what we what we do. Nah, no, nah, we don't want to give them a voice unless they pay us or something. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, um, so Corey Feldman is the—he's the sort of our Greek chorus, sort of our—we we sort of see things through his eyes and how he's sort of giving us the information. Then we have Art, uh, Art, who's apparently Tom Hanks's best buddy. Yeah, he's his neighbor and their buddies. They're like, buddies. Yeah, that's Rick DeComan. Right, uh, and he um, shows up uh, with a shotgun, um, and he starts shooting these crows because they've shown up. In the yard and have pissed off his wife. So we do find out that he has a wife, but the wife is on vacation. So we don't meet the wife, well, till the end. Yeah. Do we even see her ever? No. She's in. She's basically. We never meet the wife. When I say meet her, she's she's a Maris. She's a Maris. Or or a Verna, if you're going by older school. Oh, uh, if you are. If you're going through older school, Burroughs, Charles and Charles productions. Are you going there? Of course I am. Are you going there? Oh sure, all of you hipsters loving your Fraser, man. Don't 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 try to tell me. Don't try to tell me Cheers is important. (laughs) So I'd like to stop at this moment and just just point out this and and you know we are in the eighties. It is what was popular. It is definitely Lombada. Not, you know, if you're gonna do a movie like don't, this don't in the eighties, I'm just naming things that are popular. If you're gonna do a movie in the eighties, unfortunately, it is about as white as white can be. I actually oh, yeah. wrote this is this is the, the whitest, whitest movie. Yeah. I actually wrote and Ali, that down. And Allie will tell you she wrote that down. I will tell you again. It is it is a very white movie. Even even by 80 standards. It's supremely literally know. the first black person you see in the movie you see roughly five minutes before the credits. And it's and and isn't he play like a detective? No, that's the second black person you oh, see. Who's the the first is a is a bystander. Oh, that's and right, the bystander. Because I was like, right. hey, black guy. Yeah, black you know, guy. it was very, Literally. it was like, it is, it yeah, is it is so a very obvious. white movie. Now, like, admittedly, it's set in the, in the it's know, it, made in the 80s and it's set in suburbia and, the, and the world of the 80s was stereotyping that only white people lived in suburbia, apparently, yeah. you know. So yeah, I mean, you got to take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, it's it's a very white, 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 white. I mean, let's face it, Tom, Tom Hanks, though he may be the father of a rapper, is still the whitest yeah. man on earth. Yeah, it's true. So, okay, so then we, we come to find out that everybody's kind of got their eye on this house. And you start to learn a little bit about 
yeah. you know, w- that this house has, had been abandoned. Yeah. Well, it was basically, well, actually, it wasn't, it, was that it, had, it wasn't had been abandoned. It was that basically like about a month ago, yeah. this family uh, called the Clopex moved in. I don't know how they know they're called the Clopex considering they was, never talked to anybody. No, I thought the, oh, you mean the new people? The new people. Yeah. I don't know how they knew they were called the Clopex. They, they have moved in now. There used to be a family called the Naps that lived there. The Naps apparently moved out. And as they, as they're like, as the, as the movie goes on, you kind of learn that no one actually remembers a moving van pulling right. up. You know, they don't really remember how and why they. Like lie. it's just like the Clopex are suddenly here, and they are not taking care of the house at all. Like yard is like completely dying. The house looks like hell. It's just like it, it's like it's this. You know, like the Naps apparently were old and not taking care of it to begin with, but it's just nothing. Yeah. You know, and it, it's a it's a very. You know, it's just a very dilapidated thing, and the and the Clopex keep to themselves. They never really sit like they never really see have seen anyone. You see, right. like you just you know, like there's strange noises that go on all night, and lights that come from the basement. You know, and so it's it's suburbia. So everyone has little rumors. Yeah, and everybody's you know? gossipy and has nothing else to do right now because everybody's on vacation. Specifically, Tom Hanks is on vacation from whatever the hell it is he does. I mean, he, it's not important, like yeah. what he does, and 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 Tom Hanks is clearly set up to be. He's he's kind of an everyman. Yeah. You know, and we don't know why he doesn't want to go somewhere on vacation, but he like like. Yeah, I, that's the other thing. I think I I feel like if I I think I remember reading somewhere that like Hanks like. When he was creating the character, he kind of liked that there was not a lot of detail on that because mm-hmm. he like he kind of like wanted to work out for himself like a ba- like he I don't think he ever told like has ever said what it was but I think he said something like he worked out like his own little backstory about mm. why like there like he, there's something that went on at work you know yeah. that like he doesn't want to talk like he really doesn't like he needs to clear his head or something right. he doesn't and he says basically he says he doesn't want to go out like camping like they always do to the cabin yeah the cabin as they say you know so obviously they've got like a cabin they normally rent right uh, you know that they go out to and he's like you know like i, I wanted to stay here and drink beer and watch tv and mm-hmm. relax and whatever but the thing is he can't relax because he's obsessed with figuring out you know but he's the rational one yeah, everybody else is sort of egging him on. Yeah, like he's like like art. Art is a goofball, like you know, who's played for laughs. Um, like he's a he likes eating and oh being god, the eating and I like the actor who plays him, Rick DeComen, was Canadian, but like I feel like he's kind of doing like a Chicago guy voice. Yeah, a little bit. You know, like trying to know, compensate. Like <laughs> for being Canadian. Yes. Well, it's like, well, where, where was he? Where was he? Like, whenever we were watching, girls just want to have fun, because <laughs> this movie is not set. I, although I think it might be, it might be set in like Michigan or something. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure where it's set. I can't. remember. To... the map? The yeah. map pulls back, and I, I feel like it looked like it was like the Upper Midwest. So maybe you know, maybe he's going for just the generic Midwestern maybe. voice, you know. But like, it's never really a hundred percent clear, you know. And like, and obviously, uh, uh, Brewster, uh, Lieutenant Rumsfeld, Rumsfield is obviously like you know like he's a paranoid military guy right. so you know like the two of them are like egging him on and he's like i'm sure there and tom hanks is like i'm sure there's a rational explanation you know and he's trying to like he's trying to like he's very curious he wants to know yeah but he's also like not buying into like you know like these people like these people's conspiracy theories that the, the clopex are like they, they're murderers i'd like to say weirdo too that cultists this particular i don't i feel like as we talk about this movie as, as i'm as i'm thinking about it it's it, the like the plot is so basic it's 
weird house. Yeah, People it's, trying it's to go and figure house. out what's going on. But what I was about to say, though, is that rather than walking us through this on the, in like a chronological oh, way. Oh, you've discovered the same thing you say every episode. <laughs> no, but specifically for this. It's different, it's different than when we're, doing, when we're doing Hard Grey's Night. But I mean, specifically for this, I feel like this particular movie, because really nothing happens except the same situation in different ways or getting more and more escalated, it's almost like... What are you looking at? I was just I was I was just watching the waveform. Oh, I was, it was hypnotic. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I, I feel like we almost are better off kind of talking about it situationally. So, like, if we give you sort of the rundown of what happens in this movie, so you know, and I, I mean, you know, spoilers. We're going to tell you the ending. So the idea being <laughs> that would be the very first time we've ever done that. I mean, right? So, but my point is that it's like okay. So the whole time we're going through, we're kind of we're with Tom Hanks on this. We think. Okay, there's a rational explanation. Well, we do and we don't because, like, it, like the movie is giving us very heavy clues. Like, what? Well, like, the movie's basically setting us up to think that these people are like. I mean, the whole point of the movie is it's setting us up to think these people are, are whatever. But we or we whatever, all all but are, are, what? I'm sorry. are like you know like evil evil like, evil wrong. cultists right, okay. satanists. That I just are, want to know, make sure that that you, that you explained yourself. Slavic. I was going to say Slavic. You were going to say, but they're not Slavic. No. No. Um. So. Uh, so, so, um, so because it, because the movie sets you up that way, they do things like Joe Dante and Joe Dante. For, for the record, uh, I think I, I think considering that one of the actors, the actor who said no, right, that is actually a German actor, yeah. and that uh, one of the characters is named Werner and one is named Hans. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're actually probably German, probably. <laughs> but uh, but no one ever says German. They, they no. So, but the but the point is that as we're set up to believe, they do things that like they pull a car out, they like get in their car and they pull it out of the garage and it's like very slow and scary music. He pulls it down the driveway, <laughs> dumps something in the trash <laughs> and, then and, then, drives it back. and then drives it back. Like creepy shit like that. Yeah, we, I think we I think we need to kind of focus a little bit more on the plot than you're saying because we're going to miss the incidents. Like we're going to miss several incidents. If well, we I want to, but we will. No, I think we will. But I want it, what I was saying is let me just get to this the... This dog just stepped on my iPad and messed up my notes. Let me get us through the basic so that we can then go back and talk about the, the incidents because I think it's more fun to do that. Yeah, okay, yeah. You know what All I'm right, saying? Yeah. I mean, so, the ba- basically, yeah. so basically, we're set up to believe that they're evil. They go through hijinks, which we'll talk about, to, to, to yeah, expose they, they, them. Right, and they, they get down there. They see something super scary. They're like, we think we found it. We know what's going on. They're, they're terrible people. They're hiding, you know, mm-hmm. dead bodies down here. And they spring a gas leak. And... Um, it wow, turns, you're skipping a whole lot. Well, I'm going to get to but it. You, you're saying let's tell the plot. That's not really the plot. That's that's the ending. <laughs> like, well, I said I was going to tell the ending. Okay, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying all you're doing is telling the ending. You're not saying like the the bare bones plot. Okay, like you is, do it. I'm gonna, I'm done. Oh, you're done. Okay, I'm done. You talk. All right. all right. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. No, the bare bones plot is they they investigate the house. They find it suspicious. The wives force them to go talk to the people. They talk to the people. Leave. Sort of mollified, but also sort of suspicious. Then they, but but Tom Hanks like learns something that makes him more suspicious. Then they break into the house while they're out of town, and then they blow up the house. And then it turns out, then it turns out that basically they were innocent the whole time, and he just ruined their house. And then it turns out, no, they were really guilty the whole time. Okay. And that's that was a good. Summation. That's the summation of the plot. Well done. Now. Now. Let's go backwards. So, uh... Exactly. So, okay. So, as far as the the beginning of this, I think at first Tom Hanks is being sort of, uh, 
he's kind of being sort of talked into this because everybody's kind of bored and there's nothing to do. Yeah, that, that's but what it feels like. But you get the yeah. feeling as well that when these dudes get their hooks in him, because the way that Carrie Fisher ex- sort of talks about it, this is common. That he always says he's going to be rational and calm and not do anything and be, a, you know, just normal. And then they kind of get him all riled up. Yeah, he's he's someone he's, that gets, that like, get, yeah, is easily influenced into, like, in, into making bad decisions. Right. Apparently. So apparently, um, so, so he's decided he's not going to do that this time. But Art comes over. And first of all, I just we have to talk about his eating because it's one of it's seriously ridiculous. Oh, it's it, <laughs> like, it's amazing! It's, it's amazing how much food this guy puts away. He's, he's, like, he's, he, he's basically he's kind of like Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven, only like turned to eleven. Yeah, it's so he's eating a plate of pancakes because he basically barges in on their. Yeah, he walks in and just starts eating their food. She's she's walking by and she's literally uh, the uh, Carrie Fisher is is doling stuff out on his plate and he's still pulling from the plate that she's doling it out on. Right. So so now he's got bacon and pancakes and then he starts eating off of the kids' plate. My, fa- my favorite part grabs, is when, yeah when he grabs, grabs the uh, up, uh, up some of the dog food and he puts it in his mouth. No, that's not it. That no, my favorite part is when he grabs a whole pineapple. Yeah, I wasn't there yet. Out. I wasn't there yet. He grabs a little bit of of what she's carrying and turns out to be dog food because she's like come here Vince and she like puts the dog food down then he's done eating he gets up and goes to the fridge to, oh my god I to, just to, checked to the take... actual cast to see if the dog was named Vince the cast yeah well, that's like, oh picks Vince a, he picks up the empty syrup bottle puts it back in the fridge because like that's a douche move anyway and then pulls out a whole other syrup as well as an entire pineapple that yeah, is not cut and more food that he starts shoving I think chicken it's hilarious. It's actually really well done. And the best part about it is nobody bats. Well, you can tell that Carrie Fisher's long suffering in this, but nobody else bats an eye. Like there's no, and she doesn't bat an eye. She just feeds him. But you can just tell that she's like, oh my God, Art is here and he's eating all of our food again. But it's a great moment. So I really, I love that about him. And he's, he's your, if you've seen Splash, he's, he's the John Candy to, Tom Hanks in that movie. Yeah, he is. You're yeah, right. He yeah, is. He is. He totally is. But John Candy's a little smarter in Splash. Well, John John Candy's also a little bit more of a comedy genius. Yeah, I mean, Rick Jacobin's funny he's enough. Funny. He's fine. But he's not. Yeah, like like he's a journeyman. Yeah, he's a journeyman. You know, like John Candy's an all time great. So yeah. yeah, it's not a fair comparison well, either way. No, but I'm saying I. I, just I mean, need his Tom Hanks is not really as good as Tom Hanks either. Oh, I guess they are the same person there. But uh, my point is, though, I think his character is not supposed to be as bright. No. no oh yeah. No. That's no, what no. I'm saying. Oh yeah. No, he's an idiot. Yeah. He's he's definitely not very smart. Yeah. And so, you know, and he's in an, he's he incites things. So as as it goes on, he keeps wanting to find out more about these people, and he starts sort of spreading a little bit of rumor about what's going on. Um, and uh, they get Bruce Dern's character Rumsfield involved, and they're all looking at this house and trying to figure out what's happening. Oh, uh, you know what? We kind of should go back to say sure. the very like what really gets everyone's attention at first, actually, like in the beginning of the very first scene with Walter the dog and whatever is everyone's out on the street doing their thing, having their day-to-day, like, slapsticky, like, regular, ordinary, suburban stuff, and Hans Klopek comes out onto the porch Oh, that's second, right. And totally everyone stops, stops and is like... <gasps> yeah, it's this moment of, like, silence. And Hans Klopek, by the way, is played by Courtney Gaines, and... Uh, so I, not Ray Holiday? No, not Roy... Roy Halliday. No. Ray, Ray Holiday is a completely different person. <laughs> possibly a porn actor. Um, but um, Courtney Gaines, I... I 
I'm surprised to learn he's had a very long and varied career, mm-hmm. and I've seen he's several been in a movies. Lot of stuff, yeah. But like, like I didn't recognize him at all. But like, his Wikipedia page says that he's he's most known as Malachi from Children of the Corn, and I'm like, no, I believe he's most known as Hans Klopek yeah. in any world. Like he's all, but he's also in um, Lust in the Dust. He's in um, <laughs> hey, he's in Hard Bodies. Hey, hey. <laughs> and uh, like. Oh uh, no, he was also in Back to the Future. He had a small part in that. Oh. He's in Memphis Bell. Um, yeah. He was in Sweet Home Al- uh, Alabama, Sweet Home Alexandra. Well, you said, know, which is my nickname for you. It's right, baby. <laughs> and he's done. He's done a lot of stuff. Like he's uh, you know, like a lot he's of video familiar. game work. No, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. He's a big time that guy. But for me, he's always Hans Klopek. Yeah, right. Because so he comes out. And Hans, by the way, I'm gonna say something. I watched this movie for the first time on video, probably right around the time it came out on video. You know, like on the like, VCR, or, like, like either late '89, early '90s. Was it a Betamax? In in nineteen or late eighty nine, early nineteen ninety. No, I think not. Alexandra. <laughs> Clearly, the Betamax had lost that war. But um, um, but what I was saying is, at the time when I saw this movie, Hans Klopek looked so damn weird. Yeah. You know, he's got like this scruffy beard and like, you know, like just like weird, like 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 weird like suspenders and everything and like. I swear to God, since I've gone to college and gone through the '90s, he doesn't seem that weird. No, he's not weird. Like at he all. doesn't—he doesn't look that weird at all. But he looks—he looked like an alien to me because no one had like big, weird, scruffy sideburns and a bad, like, like a bad goatee-looking facial hair. Yeah. Like, they, like the, the '80s were not the home of like, like facial hair for True. anyone other than like your bearded Ellis's and such. Yeah. I mean, my dad had a beard in the '80s, but. 80s beards were well-groomed. Yes. You know? They were... They, they were like Eric. Um, yeah. Well, they were... Like, the, the beards themselves were almost blow-dried. <laughs> like, everyone... Like, they were, like everyone with a beard in the 80s looked like Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Sparky, you know? I need you to not be by the microphone. Thank you. I need to be by the microphone. Yeah. So, um... um ah, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the good thing is he has no teeth, so... <laughs> yeah, no, it fell out. My God, dude. <laughs> Man, this is a... Uh, hey. <laughs> um... Dude, dude, seriously? Do, do you want to go upstairs, Sparky? Do you want to just maybe not look like an insect at me? He looks like an insect, folks. He has segmented eyes. Not Sparky. segmented eyes. That'd be that'd be Muddy Mud Skipper. He has a, he has a what are they called with the with the? Is a walleye? What are you talking about? No, like like the insect eyes with lots of different like like fly eyes. I I don't know. Maybe that is segmented eyes. I don't know. All right. Uh, anyway. anyway, on digression, badness theater. Man, this is a real bad, <laughs> no, this is a real sh- bad episode, folks. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, um, so anyway, um, what really makes everyone like go? Super, first, yes. they go, they go to say hi, and we have uh, some good slapstick as basically the house that they go at. Like they, like Tom Hanks falls through a hole. Like he steps through a. No, no, that happens no, later. No. That's when mm-hmm. they go back to the door. First, they try to go say hi. They never actually say hi. No, but they do. He, no, he slides honey? back in. Remember. Yeah, I know, but they when they go, they they are like, we're gonna go talk to them. Yeah, then they decide to go. Yeah, and, yes, and no, yes, and then he yes. steps, he steps yes. on. Like, yes, this is a joke that's repeated. It's a, it's yes. a callback joke when it when it happens the second time. The, like, actually, I think Rick Dukoman steps in. Uh, I think I think Art steps in the hole. One of them basically steps, like falls through the uh, the thing. Let's have a new rule, by the way. No sentence is allowed to be interrupted with no, 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 <laughs> for either of us anymore because we both do this to the other person and we don't always know what the other person's saying. Also, no quiet flipping me off. Say, say, I am flipping you off. <laughs> I am giving you the double deuce. Wow. Wow. So anyway, they go to the doorbell and uh, like actually they go to ring the knocker. And there's some slapstick where the knocker falls. I'm sorry, they, can, can you tell me what, what ringing the knocker sounds like? Oh, it sounds like 
dong because they hit something with it like a bunch of stuff falls over there's like a rube goldberg rube goldbergian wow that was a weird stress a rube goldbergian mm-hmm. well that, that writes out real easy but it don't spell it don't speak easy do it uh like a rube goldberg series of events that causes basically a swarm of bees to come out of a hole in the wall also a really lovely moment is when the whatever the address was it turns into 666 oh yeah that's right yeah when they walk by it was 669 oh yeah 669 i right. you know they named the, the name of the street of the, the cul-de-sac it's a cul-de-sac the name of the cul-de-sac i can't is like said at the beginning of the movie and and at the end of the movie and i cannot for the I life remember. of me remember uh mayfield place yeah yes it is a uh, Mayfield Place uh, is the name of the thing. It's in the, the fictional suburban town of Hinkley Hills. Hinkley Hills, baby. So, uh, but uh, but yeah, like but basically, so they're attacked by bees, and Bruce Dern does some really good slapstick here because yeah. he's he's watching them happen, and he tries he runs with a hose to like spray them down, but the hose only goes so far, so he runs to the end of the line and and does some good comedy slapstick. Because if there's one thing Joe Dante does enjoy, it's it's good old fashioned slapstick. Good old slapstick. So uh, you know and. So this movie, like it, like many comedy movies of this sort, uh, has a lot of uh, physical comedy and a lot of suffering for the main character. So the next part of this movie is what I like to call the monologue portion of the movie. It's the evening, and uh, uh, Tom Hanks goes to to take a walk outside. He's going to take the dog out. Yeah, and he's going to walk. Was it? And he was also going to smoke a cigar. Right, because he does it yeah. every day. And, and what Which happens, is a very suburban thing. When I was bizarre... when I was growing up, that was like such a thing. Like the, you're not smoking that cigar in the house, so yeah. the dad would take a, take a walk outside to smoke his cheap, yeah. crappy cigar. Cigar, right, yeah. It still happens. In my dad's case, it, it happens was, around here. Yeah, that's true. In my dad's case, it was Garcia y Vega. Mm. <laughs> so uh, he goes outside and, you know, with the, I'm going to walk the dog, but he just lets the dog loose and like, because it's the neighborhood and they all yeah. know. So he, and then he goes over to Art's house but Art is over there with Corey Feldman. It's kind of weird. He's drinking beer with this know, teenage it's kid. It's so, very odd. And at, first, like, and at first you said, oh, he's drinking beer with this kid. And I, I was totally like, forgot that he wasn't like, his... that's not his kid. Yeah, I'm like, no, he's not. Because he calls him Mr. Mr. Hinkleman or whatever Art's name, last yeah. name is. Um, so almost funny. said Spiegelman, but I think so, that's the creator so of So this is the monologue portion of the movie where basically we get stories about... The, the, uh, a story about the, about, the, about a, 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 a guy skip at the soda fountain, soda fountain who uh like you know like and, and this is where we uh, apparently a, a running theme in joe dante movies is a weird smell coming from a place that turns out to have a dead body in it because yeah. that's it reminded me very much of the gremlins monologue oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and from what i've heard that the 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 dana olsen who wrote the screenplay for this um like he was inspired to write this based on the concept of like when he was growing up in the suburbs, there would always be like it was this nice place, but there were all these horrible stories about murders that had happened in the neighborhood, you know, and like you know, like like uh, you know, like apparently like like in his own hometown there had been like an axe murder in the thirties, like, oh, wow. like, like in his neighborhood, right? You know, and it was like, but like 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 his upbringing was always nice and peaceful, but there was always like these rumors and stories of the, and there was always that weird house that like every suburb has that weird gross house that no one takes care of. Yeah, in our cases. Yeah, I know we're the weird we're the weird old neighbors, aren't we? Yeah, we kind of are. Really terrible. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but um, but yeah, like um, so Art's telling this story, you know, this horror story of, of that of that monologue. So we basically we're setting the tone for the movie that like pe- murderers can be anywhere. Yeah, and it's so interesting too because the, you don't see this in movies this anymore the same way. 
certainly somebody doesn't talk for as long as these. First of all, it's, and it's monologue. It's two monologues back to back because Art does his or no. Corey Feldman does his monologue, and I don't remember exactly even what the heck he's talking about. I don't remember Corey Feldman doing a monologue. And then, then so I'll, after I'll, him, I'll, Art, I'll Art takes the takes the reins and tells the he skip. He takes the talking stick. And yeah, talk. and he starts talking, telling the story about Skip, and then they both sort of like goose, you know, Tom Hanks at the end, scare him. They do yeah. like a jump scare. Yeah, and and it's like fine, whatever. But they they're trying to get under Tom, his because Tom Hanks is really. Like, the underlying current of Tom Hanks' character is he's actually really tightly wound. Yes. And doesn't really know how to relax. Right. Because, I, I mean, that's the, I think that's the whole thing. I mean, it's part of why Carrie Fisher wants him to get away right. from the house. Right. And away from this is because he's just, like, all he's doing is being a really tense weirdo. Right. He's sort of, like, walking around in his own maze and can't get out of it. Yeah, exactly. Sort of a you know, yeah. metaphor of that. So, so he finally goes inside, fine, whatever. And, you know, it's very interesting, too, because they have this kid, but... They kind of forget about the kid a lot. Yeah, the kid's just sort of, like but, sort of disappears. Well, actually, it's not, it's not that weird. It's 80s kids. That's yeah. true. So, but the, yeah. so the kid at one point says that he saw, he tells Corey Feldman that he saw people at the Kopex digging. Kopex. Yeah, Kopex is a type of Russian coin, I believe. Huh. You're right. It is. Um, th- th- digging in the backyard. Yeah. There were three figures. Yeah, by the way, it's so weird that Corey Feldman, like, Corey Feldman spans the generations in this because yeah. he hangs out drinking with Art and then he's hanging out no, with like a 12-year-old. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Like, it's a very bizarre situation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, he's a, and so then now Corey Feldman has that information. He tells that to Tom Hanks and Art, I think. And, and by the way, by this point, we need to get into the fact, yeah. like, before we take too long, that uh, at, at one point, um, the dog, Walter's dog. Oh, yeah. Like shows up outside, kind of dirty and hungry. That's about this time. Yeah, around this, this time, they like I think Wendy Shaw's character finds him. Yeah, uh, Rumsfeld's wife. Well, because finds him. because Rumsfeld says that if he catches Queenie taking a dump, he's gonna kill him. Yeah. So she finds him before she finds him, and she's gonna and she's gonna take him back, back and then she's Walter's. like and she's like, oh, you're so dirty. Yeah. Like Walter usually keeps you so clean. Yeah. And then like Walter's not answering his door. Right. So they freak out. And they're like, where's Walter? What yeah. happened to him? And they, you know, and they're like, you know, like, and of course. You know, immediately the the Klopek, like the the Bruce Dern, Bruce Dern and uh, and and like Rumsfeld and Art, immediately start blaming the Klopex and say maybe they murdered him. You yeah. know, and and Tom Hanks is like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, you know, like he's just like, and they go, they, but like they go, like he's gone for a while, and they end up like getting really nervous, so they break into his house. Yeah. And Bruce Dern, of course, they're trying the door and it won't open, and then Bruce Dern opens the door for them from the inside, and like he holds up like. The glass on a suction cup yeah. because he's military and always prepared. And I'm like, I don't know how much the military trains you for breaking and entering. Right. Like, little I, beanie. I, little beanie, yeah. Just a little beanie on the side. You learn that in basic boot camp. A, what do you uh, mean? Gotta do a little beanie. Little beanie. Yeah, we're gonna do a little beanie. Is that all right? We're gonna do that. Still. I'm working on my Bruce Dern impression. Pretty good. So yeah. they open the door. So he opens the door. They go in. Now, okay, this is a plot point that. Is still bugging me because it comes up later, but but I'll, I'll just I'll put a little pin in it until we get there. But uh, so they they they're in there. She uh, uh, Wendy Shaw tries to find. She's getting dog food, food and then, and she, then she, she screams. Sees, yeah. and they come in and she's she's seen a rat, and they're like, "It's not a rat, it's Walter's toupee." And they're like, "Why would Walter go anywhere? Walter never goes anywhere without his toupee." toupee. And he, Walter's gone. Oh, and when they walked in the house, they're like the TV was still on and his chair was tipped over. Yeah. So they thought, "Ooh, what signs happened of here? a struggle?" Signs and, of a struggle. You know, like he left the TV on. He's not there. 
You know, they, they look throughout the house. They don't find anything. Um, they're, and they're starting to steal shit. Yeah, really <laughs> like, they're really, like, they're all, like, Tom Hanks is, like, making everyone put stuff back because they're all grabbing just random shit. Right. Like, they're just stealing from them. And, uh, so then he, so he, he makes everybody leave. He, he grabs the hair. He puts it in his, his you know, his toupee. He puts it in his, uh, in his pocket and then shoes everybody away. And then he tries to write a note. And he starts to, like, explain it all. And then he's, like, stupid. He's, like, I, Walter, I have your dog at my house. Yeah. So you and know he slides it under the door. And while he's sliding is. under the door, it occurs he, to looks him. Up, he looks up. Oh, yeah. And he sees someone watching him, an old man watching him through the Clopex window. And then he like he's like kind of nervous, and he shoves the toupee in the mail slot because he realizes he's yeah. got his toupee. And he's like, what "Why am do I, doing? I have this?" Yeah, you know, he puts the toupee away. Right. And um, uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. So we, so that's that's the end of that moment. That's the end of that moment. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> like, what I was saying. Then we went scene, and, and it swipes end. to another scene. Ah, oh, yay, yay, podcasting. Okay, so uh, then this is when he has that dream. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah, and, and it's really funny if you watch the trailer to this movie. Like, and I remember the trailer to this movie. It's like all this crazy stuff happens in the trailer. Yeah, almost all of the trailer comes from this dream sequence. Mm. It's like the Kangaroo Jack trailer apparently has the yeah. same sort of thing. Where like, like if you watch the trailer, I've never seen Kangaroo Jack, uh, but if you watch the trailer, you think it's a movie about a talking kangaroo. Ah, but it's not. That's a dream sequence in the movie, but like most of the trailer is cut from that dream sequence. That's funny. I mean, it's like they're trying to get a kangaroo. Like they're dealing with this kangaroo that they're chasing, but it's a regular kangaroo, like, you know, apparently. And that's this, like this dream sequence. Like you see, like, like, like you see, like, it, like in the trailer, you get to see at various points, a chainsaw coming through the wall in front of him. Right. You see uh, him standing by like a portal of a hell mouth. You see him tied to a barbecue grill, uh, you know, like. Like you would think of like, like a with suburban, cultists yeah. around him, yeah. like stabbing, Satanist stabbing him with knives, yeah. you know. And, like, and then he this... sees the three faces of the, cl- the Clopex. Like Actually, he only sees. I think he only sees Brother Theodore. Oh, you might be right. Not uh, Brother Theodore is the actor. He, yeah. uh, Ruben. Ruben. He only sees Ruben yeah. and maybe Hans because you 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 don't see the doc. No one's seen right, the doc. Right, the right, doctor right, it does not. Yeah. Doctor Werner Klopek yeah. does not show up till near the end. That's right. Um, so you're right. In fact, when I saw the opening credits when they're seeing the starring thing, I was yeah. like, it, it took forever to get to Henry Gibson's name, and I'm like, yeah, but he's like the big guy, and I'm like, oh, like as I'm watching, I'm like, oh yeah, he's barely in this movie. Yeah. Like he has a very yeah. small part in this yeah. movie. You know, and, you know, like he, like he he probably has less parts. He probably has a smaller part in this movie than he does in Blues Brothers. Maybe. Like, I think, I think you know, like, the Illinois Nazi that he plays, I think, has uh, a, a good deal more screen time. So, um, um, as he's in this, the thing you didn't say is that when he was falling asleep, he, oh yeah, he's he's reading this book about cults. Yeah, which is it's like the Necronomicon. It's got like all these crazy ass and like on the, illustrations. And on TV, actually, they, he keeps flipping channels, and all the channels have some sort of scary movie. It was The Exorcist. It was yeah. Texas oh, yeah. Chainsaw Mex- Massacre. Yeah. It was like all these different yeah. like. And, oh, and, and 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 I will say this. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah, like that, that's a very Joe Dante thing too. Mm-hmm. He loves to refer to like movie, other movies that he loves. Yeah, like Joe. Dante, like he'll put. Whatever, like as much as possible, you know, like things and like in events that like from movies that he enjoys, he, he that's it, that's that's just a delight for him. I mean, right. look at like in Gremlins, like Chuck Jones is there for no reason other than he's a big Chuck Jones fan, right? Like Chuck Jones talks to Billy in Gremlins yeah, yeah, yeah. about nice drawing, Billy, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like that's one hundred percent just because I love Chuck Jones, I'm gonna put him in my movie, sure, you know. And I mean, like, that's that's the dream. Yeah, that is the dream. Like, oh, I'm so sad that I didn't live long enough to make a movie with Chuck Jones in. It. I mean, <laughs> as an actor. I mean. <laughs> And, you know, like, and more specifically, and I think we, you know, like, like, we'll go into it after the dream sequence. He, he'll cast, he's cast a lot of actors. And I'm sure Walter 
yeah, Gail Gordon, I'm sure, was been in things that Joe Dante loved mm-hmm. because he likes the cat. He loves casting like B movie actors from the 50s and 60s and whatever he can like get them in. Let's like, finish like this the movies sequence. of his childhood. You know? Let's finish the sequence up and then we have to do a dive back for yeah. a second. So uh, I've been referring to this um, dream sequence as the spooky Satan hell dream, which is my special spooky little Mormon yeah, hell it's my little dream. nod to uh, Book yeah, of it's definitely yeah, it's a spooky bur- suburban hell dream. Yeah, it totally. And is. Uh, yeah, oh, and so Carrie Fisher's mad at him before he goes to sleep because he's like up reading this book and being yeah. obsessive and she's like fine and she's like where and he, she she goes off she's he goes like where are you going yeah it's like i'm going to the bathroom yeah. and then it cuts to him waking up and she's not in bed with him and the book is where she she's supposed to be yeah like he's falling asleep reading the book and, and that's he when he, tries to and he stumbles yeah. he stumbles down the stairs and that's when chainsaw comes out of the wall and he freaks out and it there's this whole sequence where he's just, he keeps stumbling into more and more worse and worse horrors yeah. You know, and, and then he finally wakes up. And he finally wakes up after like Brother Theodore at uh, Reuben. I, I, I love the name Brother. The- Brother Theodore sounds so much like it should be like mm-hmm. the character name. It was a stage name mm-hmm. uh, for uh, Theodore Gottlieb. Mm-hmm. It was a jer- he was like I've never seen him in anything, but like I looked him up. Like, I've seen him in things, but like I, I couldn't remember who. Apparently, he was a monologist ah. who did stand up tragedy. Wow. That's what he said. Like. Like he was apparently like a goof, like like he was popular in like the forties and fifties. Like obviously, I, I'm again probably one of those people that Joe Dante loved when he was younger. Hey, Sparky. And, you know, yeah, dude, how, this, this, this episode is ninety percent this dog snarling. Oh my God, it's obnoxious. And the and the rest is so. I want to jump back to when when I brought up the thing where um, Hans uh, takes, the trash, takes out. the trash out. Yeah, it's, this is a very because, important because I, I wanted you to do that because we haven't discussed what happens after the trash gets taken out. Uh, first of all, it starts to rain, yeah. and um, we see we see Hans actually take a big rake and try to like, like, like stabbing yeah, the like, crap I don't out of it. Like a rake, it's like almost like a shovel yeah. or a pit pickaxe looking thing. It's a, it's a pitchfork. Yeah, not Maybe. a pitchfork. It's like a, it's like a flat. Like it looks like a like a pickaxe almost, know, but he's whatever. hitting it with the flat of it yeah. and like driving it, driving this Further whatever in. in into the trash. And it's such you know, torrential pouring. And they're like watching, and they're like, "Well, we we can't do this right now. It's rain." Like, and they're like, "We should go go through the trash." Trash, and, right? And, you know, and he's like, no, no, like, you know, that, that's going to look suspicious at doing this, like, you know, at like, you know, at 11 o'clock at night in the rain. Yeah. And so they decide, I guess, to wake up and do it in the morning. Because they know the garbage men are coming. And yeah. And in the morning, the garbage men are getting there. And this is where we get to see, we talk about the Joe Dante stable. We get to see the two biggest members of his stable yeah. in one, like in one scene, Vic and Joe, the garbage men, you know, and, and it is, uh, Joe is Robert Picardo, uh, one of the like the second most popular uh, like of, of the men in in the uh, Dante stable. I think there's some women who've been in as many Dante movies as him, but of like of the male actors, he is the second most popular of the Dante stable, and he is talking to the most popular of the Dante stable, Dick Dick Miller, Miller. my man, the man, the myth, myth the, legend, the legend, Walter Paisley himself, Dick Miller, Dick. and. Uh, the Miller. I think Dick Miller has actually played a character named Walter Paisley in at least one Joe Dante movie. I'm sure. I know he's played it in Walter Paisley in several. Several, but um, and Dick Miller is, uh, you know, is is Vic the garbage man, and they're basically they're dumbstruck by the fact that uh, Art is climbing into their garbage, like tearing through the trash and dumping it on the ground and climbing in their garbage truck, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "The Supreme Court declared the garbage," or maybe Bruce Dern said that yeah. because Bruce Dern comes out and jump, jumps in and joins. Him. And they're like dumping trash all over the street right in front of the Klopex house. And the garbage men are like, what are you, 
what are you doing? You know, like, you know, and, 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 and Joe is actually, oh, he's right. Uh, they, 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 they can do that. They're allowed, you know, and and he's like, who's going to clean this up? You are. No, I'm not. You know, like they're having this big fight and Tom Hanks is like, comes out like, what are you doing? There's nothing in the garbage. It's garbage. It's just just regular garbage. They're dumping on the street, digging through the trash truck, like obsessively, you know, and basically, and throughout the rest of the movie, and it cracks me up every, every time it comes back throughout the rest of the movie, there's a pile of garbage garbage. in the street in front of their house. It's hilarious. So, Uh, uh, so then, okay. So now let's jump past the spooky Satan hell dream, spooky suburban hell dream. And, um, uh, at this point, this scares Tom Hanks to the point where he's decided that he is done. Yeah, he's like, "What are you doing?" Oh, and, and and not only that, he, like I think at this is this is the point when Carrie Fisher says, "You cannot do this anymore." Yeah, yeah, she says he She's can't like, go out and play you, anymore. You can't go out and play. Yeah. Like she locks him up and make like in the house to make and like makes him like stay and like just do around the house things for a while. Yeah, you know, and and he like, goes, one, and, and, like at one point, which is great, like at, like just before the I'm assuming you're you're talking about. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, at one point, like, like you see him, he's in his deck chair and he's just yes. surrounded by empty beers. Yes. It's, it's kind of great because I'm not going to say my dad didn't do stuff like that, mm-hmm. you, you know, when I was a kid. You know, like, it, like he's just got all, and you know they're empty because every, almost every one of them ends up getting crushed in the, over the course of the scene. He's, he's napping in the lounge chair and Art makes his way over. The chaise lounge. The chaise lounge. Or chase lounge as uh, I grew up in. He starts <laughs> trying him. to talk Tom Hanks into coming out to play again and he's like he's and like I can't do it I'm here I just want to let, relax this is the end of my vacation and they're and they're talking and in the meantime, and, and meantime um, Einstein <laughs> I, I, yeah let's just let's call him Einstein or Newton Newton, I, Newton comes over uh, with a bone in his mouth and uh, and Art just casually throws it away like yeah. and, and, and then he, he fetches it again and they're talking and like all of a sudden like it's one of those slow burns where the audience notices it immediately and but the characters don't and Finally, they realize that it's, you know, like, it's it's a pretty big bone. Yeah. It's a femur. It's, it's a, human, a leg human leg bone. It's a human leg bone. And they don't do it. And they realize, it's Walter. And then, yeah. like, this is one of the most famous shots in the movie. It was in the trailer. You know, it's like, they do, like, a rack back and forth zoom on them yeah. <laughs> as they're going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> like, it is, it is, like, straight up ridiculous. Like, it, it's... It's basically to remind people that yes, this is a comedy. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and also um, right before this, when 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 Tom when Hanksy can't come out to play, uh, Bruce Dern and Art have gone over to the Clopex. This is where you get that second time where one of them steps into the oh the thing. where they set off and the yeah the, and he uh, puts a note under their door. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, dash in. yeah, and 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 the, and the note says oh yeah, I just put a note under yeah. the door that says I know what you did. Yeah. And he's like, you put a what? Because because Tom Hanks has been witnessed putting notes under doors. So they assume, like, he's like, they're going to think I did this. That's when he starts crushing the beers. Yeah, that's when he starts crushing all the beers, beer cans, and throwing them. And Carrie Fisher (laughs) comes out. It's a great moment by Art where he's like, you feel better? He's like, yes, actually I do. (laughs) It's like a great moment. And, uh, you know, so Tom Hanks is basically getting, like, I think around this point, that's when the wives can't Mm -hmm. take it anymore. Yes, and, and the wives, yes. the wives, like it basically exactly drag them, drag them over to. Uh, they make brownies. They make brownies, and they, and 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 Art's not allowed to come because his wife's not there. Because his wife's not there, and because he's a jackass. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, he is a jackass. He is a jackass. And I think at this point, is this when Corey Feldman has the date over? It might be. Because at one uh, at one point Corey Feldman basically brings a girl over as a date and she wants to see a movie and he says no we gotta watch this it like be way like, better. It, 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 like throughout the movie he's basically what he does 
like his idea of a social life is like bringing people to his house to watch the the, the nightmare unfold. Yeah. That high pitched noise you hear is not a squeaky wheel. That is our dog. Who is a squeaky wheel? Who is definitely getting greased right What? Ew! That doesn't sound right. So uh, they go, so they they go, go the in house. and basically. And this time Bruce Dern falls. Into yeah. The... Yeah, but this is when Bruce Dern falls in. He drops the uh, drops the brownies, brownies right right before Hans opens the door. Yeah. And basically, it's like. They they kind of muscle their way in and Carrie Fisher's is like I haven't been over to say hello hello and where's he, your mother and Hans is like um uh, you know he's and, freaking out and um they all basically barrel their way in and you know they go into the house and you see the house is very dingy and old it kind of feels like the Adams family house yeah. but not as nice right like everything's like beaten up you know and and very old looking and. You know, at one point they show like there there's a picture of a woman on the thing, and he's like, I think that's when he says, "Is this your mother?" It's like it came with the frame. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and like it's this awkward like moment, and and then brother Theodore, the actor, shows up as Reuben. He's you know like he looks very creepy, and like he has like a shock of gray hair. I always wanted to say a shock of hair, and that finally works. Aww. You know, and you know, and he's he looks kind of like a Hieronymus Bosch or a Holbein Holbein drawing. Like, he's just, he's just, my gosh, you're just bucket listing all these things right now, all the things uh, that you wanted I, I to know, say I, for I, such a long time. I, yeah, <laughs> just you're check right. Check out that box right there. Like he looks like a like just a caricature, like a medieval cartoon of a person with this scowling face. You know, and he talks with very you know you know very strong accent and angrily. <laughs> You know that that's actually when they like when Bruce turns like Kopek is that Slavic? No, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, basically they they have this incredibly long and awkward like meetup. Yeah, you know, like they're off they're offered hospitality like obviously begrudgingly yeah. where they, like Hans is going around with a bowl of pretzels and a tin of sardines. <laughs> oh, gross! And he's like sardine, and this is where we get to like this oh, is this is God. by the way a staple of Tom Hanks pre Philadelphia when yeah. Tom Hanks was a like or or Forrest Gump which one came first? No, Philadelphia, Philadelphia came, first. came first. I think Philadelphia was the movie where that we decided okay, I guess Tom Hanks is kind of a dramatic actor yeah. now, but this was when Tom Hanks pretty much strictly did comedy yes and this and almost every tom hanks comedy has a bit where he eats something gross oh yes and so this one is he's eating a piece of herring on a pretzel i will say that and and i know i'm bringing up a different movie but you just said that and i can't not bring it up the still to this day one of the funniest scenes i've ever seen when sitting in a movie theater don't say philadelphia it's not it's not funny (laughs) is is in big Okay, it's not the Green Mile, is it? No, it's in Big. The Perdition. Is it Castle? Big mazes and monsters. <laughs> when bosom buddies goes to the party, and you know he eats the, the, he eats the caviar. The, the caviar. He has a the path, path, path. Yes, and it takes the napkin. It's like a milkshake or something. Yeah. Like, well, oh yeah. I mean, well, it's a little kid eating gross food. You know, like, yeah, but Tom Tom Hanks is, like, the master of, like, looking uncomfortable eating gross food. And I, I kind of think his more recent movies would be improved <laughs> if there were more scenes in these, like, dramas that, he, that he's been doing lately where he's eating gross food. Yeah, I agree. It was so much better. I mean, I thought they're bad, but... Being... No, no, I'm just saying, I, I, miss, I will say this movie reminded me... It's been a while since I've seen a Tom Hanks movie, like, an older Tom Hanks movie. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten how funny he oh, is. Oh, he's so funny. <laughs> Gesundheit. Thank you. 
<laughs> oh gosh, God bless you. Oh my God. Oh, I, I, it's impressive how much I managed to keep from making an exploding noise uh, while sneezing. So, um, so anyway, they so have this awkward. Like, this and point. At this point, they're they're talking about like it's just the two of you, and he's like, well, there's the doctor. And they end up with this dramatic reveal, this long, slow thing where this booming clang from downstairs because he banged on the the pipe. Yeah. And eventually, Brewster starts ripping the. Oh my God, Brewster! That's the best part. I forgot about that. I can't believe I forgot to mention like when Brewster is just they're they're all talking and he's just casually and systematically tearing their wallpaper off. It's one of the most rude things I've ever seen anyone do. It is a. Astonishing, like, so like you're good. watching, like can you, I cannot believe, like I here I am, I know, like I know this movie, I've seen this movie, I know, like the situation of this movie, I know these people are these crazy freaks, I know as we revealed the twist ending is they really are like murderers and cultists and weirdos, you know, but like I'm still, I'm watching this going, I'm mortified. Yeah. I was more, I was, <laughs> I was scandalized. Yeah, was I can't imagine doing that to God, someone. It was just, I was like. I, I don't think I would do that in a like in a flop house, you know, like 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 how how can you? Do you, you, know? do you have to give them a royalty now that you've mentioned their, their podcast? The morality? Oh, do you, I was making a joke about the other podcast named the Flop House. Oh, so do you have oh, to give them a no, royalty would, now? Oh, oh, a royalty? Yeah. No, I thought um, I let's say it's like, I, I thought you said morality, yeah. not even not even morality. I thought you said morality, and I was like, is this like a description of like a mushroom? <laughs> But um, no, no, I, I I'm allowed to say like other thing like I, like a flophouse is a word. I'm allowed to use I know, it. I was just making sure. I yeah. mean, it, it's. It, I mean, if I'm hanging out with my brother and my brother and, and I want and I want to talk about myself, it's acceptable. Because yeah. I do actually actually it'd be my brother, my half brother, and me. Yeah. But <laughs> like I, I could do it. It would not be. It would be my brother, your brother, and me. There, there we go. That would work. That'd be a very weird And what if I'm in a zone that's very adventurous? Could be. <laughs> or Keep perhaps going. perhaps I hate movies and I'm with other people who hate movies collectively. Yeah. I am allowed to like or if I'm podcasting about British history. <laughs> yeah. I'm allowed no. Um <laughs> Anyway, yeah, this is uh, this is a tangent that has gone nowhere, yeah, so which is good. basically I'm actually describing the whole episode now. So um, basically, the as I was saying, there's this booming like the, like menacing thing, and this oh. huge shadow comes up, and I swear this is like this is straight up Dante stealing from like old Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. the big big shadow that turns into a little tiny little person because it's little Henry Gibson. And I mean, for anyone who doesn't know who Henry Gibson is, obviously he was the head Illinois Nazi. In Blues Brothers, um, <laughs> it just was the head Illinois Nazi. Well, he was, and he's all. Well, he's also he's in Nashville. He plays I can't remember like Harlan. Whatever. I, like, he's one of the main characters in Nashville. He's uh, he's. You he know, does feel like he. He plays like, the old. He, feels he like plays he the would, old gay man in the bar in Magnolia. Yeah, he feels like he would be. In and a he was movie. in Laughing. I think he feels like he would be in a movie with uh, that. Uh, um, what's his toes? Robert the Robert Altman. Yes, he feels like he'd be in an Altman movie. And directed, you mean? He feels like but the yeah. actor feels, feels like, like a character. He would be... No, I'm saying Robert Altman doesn't write, but you said wrote by Robert Altman. Robert no, Altman's said, movies would... don't usually have scripts per se. Sorry, I was saying be in. Yeah, yeah in a directed a Robert Altman movie. Yes, yes, yes. He, he's definitely got like he's he. Well, yeah, he's wow. he's he's got such an interesting career because he's done a lot of comedy stuff, but he's also you know like again he was in Nashville in a very serious role in Magnolia. He's not really funny either. Oh, he's a dick in Magnolia. Yeah, like you know, but yeah, he's well, he's just a very creepy guy. He is creepy. He's guy. little and he's got this sort of. 
creepiness to it. And I've seen him play like various characters with various ac- accents. I'm not even sure where he's originally from. Mm-hmm. You know, but like it, the thing I always remember about Henry Gibson, other than the fact he's a little creepy guy, uh, and be, that uh, that I apparently am the only one on earth who finds it hilarious that his name sounds like Henry Gibson. Yes. But um, is that one of his ears is not as wrinkly as the other? He's got like a very one of his ears is very smooth. <laughs> And it's just a little thing, and I, I noticed it, like, years ago, and I can't unsee it. He's like, you know, like, one of his ears is crenellated like a regular ear. There, I got to get, take that off the bucket list. And the other and the other lobe is, like, it's just like a, like, it's like a cartoon ear. It's just like a little empty, like, little C on the side of his head. Wow. You're amazed I, by this. I, I am staring at you with... My hand over my mouth. I know. I'm here. I'm watching you. Terrified awe. Why? Because I happen to notice once that, like, I swear, if you look at it once, you will not be able to unsee it. Is this like what you did to me with Shannon Doherty's eyes? Yes. Like with her sloth eye. Once you see the sloth (laughs) eye, you can't unsee it. Yes. Oh, God. I will say that after the very next thing that he says, I took no more notes. So this is going to be, we're going to be on a fun uh, carpet ride together. So, um, uh, you know, there's this big booming music and blah, blah, blah. And he goes to shake Tom Hanks's hand uh, and he's wearing a glove. Uh-huh. I see, see the it. Ear. Yes. See the horrible ear. Yeah, it's, it's a horrible ear. Um, he goes to shake Tom Hanks's hand and it has what looks like blood on it. And it gets all over Tom Hanks's hand. And he says, oh, pardon my glove. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, we sounded had to go like back "Pardon and, My Blood." It sounded like "Pardon My Blood," so I had to go back and listen to that again. Oh, Henry Gibson was born James Bateman. That's a weird lateral wow. move. Maybe on he a... liked Henrik Ibsen too. Might be. He's from Germantown, Pennsylvania. Well, that's that's appropriate, Germantown. Oh my God! It was on purpose. It was on purpose. He did that because it sounded like Henrik Ibsen. There you go. All right, high five me. Wow. Um... I'm actually really. I'm actually. I'm, I'm, Welcome back to John Reads Wikipedia, I'm the podcast. Seriously, like just a little sad by that. So uh, after this, it's like a series of uh, craziness that goes on. Uh, like I'm gonna light some candles for the ladies, and it's like this big freaking bowl of like seven. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's opening, like, and it's not like candles all over the house. Yeah, it is like it's just like a bunch bowl. of candles in the middle. It's like a bonfire <laughs> made entirely of candles. candles. And you see, he's like, and it, and he's and it, unlike the other two who barely speak, like, like they don't speak English well, they have heavy accents. I mean, he has an accent, but it's, it's a mild accent. He's much more... He's um, very urbane. Yeah. He's friendly. He's talkative and charming. Yeah. You know, whereas the other ones are very standoffish and weird. Like, he's actually like... Like, if this is the Adams Family, he's the... I don't know. Or no, no, I'm sorry. If this is the Munsters, he's the daughter. Yeah. The Adams Family, everyone's kind of weird, but they're all also fairly well-spoken. Yeah, they are. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, yeah. But, um, so, like, anyway, like, he's the, he seems to be fairly normal, and he's yes. he's a doctor, and he's supposedly renowned in his field, and it makes him have to travel a lot. Yes. And he's also a, an amateur artist, we learned, and that was his, the, 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 as we said, the red is the paint. They actually paint. And, right. like, but the thing is, his art is horribly it's like it's like almost francis bacon levels yeah. of disturbing yeah, it's, really it's like disturbing. this it's like this hyper realistic like like well not really it's like it's stylized but it's like this fisheye lens view of an open heart surgery with the heart <laughs> like in the center of it <laughs> you really know creepy. it's a very creepy painting and bruce dern is by the way 
kind of dumb because he can't figure out which way is up on this painting that actually has human beings it's really in it. Funny. Like it's not an abstract piece. Like I can understand it's an abstract piece of art and you're just like, oh, I don't know which way this goes, but there are actual like surgeons in it. So yeah. there's a right way to turn it. And it, like he can't figure it out. Um, you know, and uh, so basically they, we learn like that they, and it's a shame that they, they're so busy that they didn't get to meet everyone in the neighborhood. Yeah. But they're going to have to move soon. Yeah. You know, and and they, they and, and that's when we learn. This is when we have the whole discussion where they're like, you know, it's funny when you moved in. Like, when you moved in, I, I we never. I don't remember there being a moving truck. You were just suddenly here. You know, like like like. I guess the Nap sold this to you, and they, they left really quickly. And you know, it's like, yeah, we had we had the truck. It was there all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very uh, strange. And then uh, we also find out that um, he's going to be speaking at the university down whatever the street. Yeah, he's is. like, I, they have to leave for the the, the day. The day, and all at, of them are leaving. All of them are leaving for the day, including and... the dog. That we find out. Yeah. And, oh, well, no, I was getting, oh, we're going to get to that because yeah. what ends up happening, what breaks this, because let's move yeah. along on this. What yeah. breaks up everything in the end is. Tom Hanks has to go to the bathroom, or at least he says he does. Yeah. And he goes off to go to the bathroom, and he opens up the basement door. Because I guess he's trying to sneak into the basement, and basically what appears to be a horse comes yeah. running out. It's a great dame. <laughs> in fact, I think someone said, you have a horse in the yeah. basement or something? You know, and it, it's their dog, and he wrecks everything, and like yeah. he knocks everything down, terrifies everyone. You know, and basically they leave and Tom Hanks is like, look, there's nothing. These people are clean. We need to leave them alone. You know, and, you know, and and the wives are very happy about this. And as they're leaving, like, as everyone's going away into bed, Tom Hanks grabs the two boys, takes them aside and says, no, 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 no. I found something. Yeah. You know, because he just wanted the wives off their head. Off, you know, he wanted to get them off the scent. Get them off the scent because he has found in the basement Walter's toupee, dun, which dun, he dun. knows he left in Walter's right, house. Right. So and so they're basically like, okay, we have got to break into this house. And um, oh yeah, I, I, was it was it um, when they first tried to? No, no, never mind, forget it. They, so they they need to break into the house. And at one point they oh oh oh, what set the dog off the worst was that at this while they were doing this, Art is trying to break in. I, we totally forgot That's about right. that. And Art trips the tripwire on their because they have like all this alarm system set That's up. That's right. And there's this whole craziness, and they yell at Art, and that's what it's, ends up these breaking. Lights fly up. It's like crazy. Yeah, he, and that's get off me. I'm, that's I'm gonna literally. I, w- I probably would have mentioned that earlier, but once again, as I said, I did not take notes. <laughs> get off. <me. laughs> <laughs> what is with you? My goodness, we dog. dog. We have the worst dog and the worst podcast. This is great. God, it's, uh, it's the worst awesome. idea of all well, time. Oh shoot! Now I got to pay them a royalty. Yeah, you anyway, um, so so, uh, so right. So they they so now they know they have to figure out. A and, way. and and now Tom Hanks has to get the gets his wife out of the picture. Yes. So she decides to not leave. murder. Doesn't murder her. No. That sounds like he gets her, her gets her out. Sends her away. Sends her away. He basically says he's going to go golfing for the and, day, and they're going to go to the cabin or whatever. Yeah, they're going to visit her sister, or something. or visit her sister or something. Dogs, and yeah. yeah, it's it's really unclear. I can't remember. It's not unclear. It's not, I know he says, important. and I just forgot to write it down. It's not important. So she's out of the house, and he's like, "I'm just going to go golfing." He's like, "You hate golfing, you know, or whatever." And meanwhile, Art comes over dressed like. Payne Stewart in like this full on like high knee socks uh, plus fours you know golf hat mimes a golf swing and and when she leaves like yeah I think she believed me 
you know. And immediately, as they as as they as, as the scene changes, he's no longer in a golf outfit. He's now dressed Dress like as an, an electrician. electrician. And this is where I now we're getting to the point where Corey Feldman's character is start. He starts bringing people over. He's, he's, he's inviting people over for a party. I forgot when he was on his date, when we were talking about his date, yeah. I forgot to mention how jackassinine. Oh, yeah, what he was wearing. His outfit is. Yeah. Because uh, he's wearing, uh, like, it's so 1989 in a nutshell. Yeah. Because we hadn't quite, 1989 was like a, it was a very liminal year for pop culture. Take Check that one off the mm-hmm. box. Uh, yeah. Bucket list. Um, you know, like, it's like, metal was still around and kind of in its heyday, but it was like, you know, it was starting to get ridiculous, and like you had like the rave culture in the UK, but it wasn't really here. And you know, like it's just there's a lot of like like there's like there was not a big good unifying pop culture like kids movement at this point, like like going on. So mm-hmm. there are lots of little sub pockets, and he's dressed in like a mixture of a couple because he's got like a tie dyed shirt, yes, and just the most studded jacket, like. Like it's got it, I would, little I would, chains and studs. I would almost and, say it was bedazzled it by really, a thirteen-year-old. It kind of it looks like if bedazzles were if you bedazzled with actual studs. Yeah. Like I can't even imagine how expensive that jacket would actually be. Having, oh my god! Like that—that's the thing. Like having hung out with like a lot of punks in like especially in the nineties. Like the ones who had like those leather jackets with the like the crap all over it, those things cost so damn so much, much money. money. Like you know, because you have to buy each stud and put it in, and like it's ridiculous. Um, but uh, or each spike or whatever, and he's just spiked and studded and chained. It's he's clattering and oh, and his mullet is at almost Dennis Miller it's circa nineteen ninety two proportions. It's, 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 it's peak mullet. It is. It's, it's, mu- it's a Miller mullet. Oh, here's the thing: if it got any more of a mullet, it would actually just turn into long hair. Yeah. Like it could not. It, like he could not structurally support more no. mullet on no. his little head. His his mullet. You know who, who had a really good mullet at that time? My brother. Oh yeah. My brother I, had I, a rock and mullet. You know what's funny? You were saying that, and I, I was I was about to say Patrick Swayze, Kurt Russell. How about close. Very close. They had really they good. There's some some good mulls. There. Town. I think we've made well, between Patrick Swayze, Kurt Russell. If we just named David Bowie, those are literally the only three people on earth who actually rock, literally rocked a mullet rocked properly. A mullet. <laughs> you know. So, uh, so at this point, uh, Art has decided that he can uh, dismantle or uh, yeah, shut off the, shut power. the power. He knows how to do it, and I. I like it's, it's almost implied that it's almost his job, but like not really. But it's not his job. <laughs> yeah, like he supposedly knows how to do this, and we get some slapstick where he basically he cuts and he elect- the wire and he, elect- and he electrocutes himself, yeah. and he falls to the top of a shed and yeah. leaves an art-shaped hole in the yeah, roof. It's really funny. And like his his fingers are black. He looks like his fingers look like uh, Jack Nicholson's hands in the uh, like when he comes out of the 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 the. Uh, Vat of acid in oh, Batman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like he's like fingerless gloves now. Like did have they did have fingers, and he's like, I can't feel. Like he's like flexing and moving weird, and he's like completely electrified. It's very funny. Um, it get and and it just goes downhill from there for him. Yeah. Um. So and meanwhile, Bruce Dern is climbing onto the roof with a sniper scope. Yes. I don't know what he thinks he's going to accomplish. Other I, than, he's the lookout. Oh, he's the lookout. Okay, that's yeah, what that he's doing. Yeah. And at one point in the movie, he falls off the roof in a very like I, I don't very know where, painful. so I'm just going to say it yeah. now. Like some slapstick, he rolls off the roof because like some guy yells at him. One yeah. of the teens yells at him. While he's, oh yeah. So at this point, uh, Corey Feldman has brought over. A yeah, that's what I was saying. Teens. He's bringing over a party. He's having a party, and they're they're waiting for the pizza dude. Pizza dude's coming. Pizza dude's pizza, coming with the pizza. Yeah, and it's. Yeah, it's like there's a lot of talk of Pizza Dude uh, coming. Uh, meanwhile, they're like meanwhile, uh, Art and uh, 
I can't believe I forgot. I, I, I just realized I've been calling him Tom Hanks so the entire movie. I have I no idea whose character's name. I'm not even looking up. Let's just say, let's just say Tom. Let's pretend this movie is just Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks and he's married to Carrie Fisher because yes. I do not know any of the characters. I don't I, remember Carrie Fisher's name. I don't remember their. Well, she's name. Mrs. Tom Hanks. Yeah, and the boy is Tom Hanks Jr. Junior. It's Colin Hanks. It's Colin. Oh, Colin Hanks. Oh no, but um, <laughs> I can't remember where I was going with this. So anyway, they're going into the house and yes. they they basically go down to the basement and they discover this insane furnace yes the furnace is clearly set to be 5,000 degrees which is the heat of a crematorium right which also uh it's also run on generators and batteries whereas everything else is run on electricity because yeah they've yeah because they've cut the power, the power and when they turn the switch it comes on yeah and it get big gout of flame and the floor of the basement is not finished it's dirt it's dirt so they're like oh my god so they're hectically digging you know, going back to my spoiler alert. From yeah, because they've already oh, well, they've already dug up the backyard. Because I yeah. uh, remember Tom Hanks. Oh, oh, that's we, right. Do we ever mention that Tom Hanks like saw them digging graves? I did. I mentioned the son did. Okay. No, Tom Hanks sees. Them. And then Tom Hanks sees. Them. Yeah, that's like right. Tom Hanks actually sees that um, at one point, looking out the window. Yeah. It's in the rain, and they're yeah. digging graves. Yes. That was actually after they went to, like before they dug out the trash. We forgot to mention that Tom Hanks witnessed that during the rainstorm. Right. So they're digging up the yard, and they don't find a damn thing. They find nothing. And by the way, do we do we mention how hilarious the 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 Klopex car is when it drives off because they take the dog with them? <laughs> like, which is weird. You think they'd leave the dog to guard everything? You would think. But no, they take this enormous dog with them, and you see this Great Dane in the backseat of the car, the you know, and like this rattly old. Yeah. <laughs> so they they go driving off uh, to give his lecture. Um, let's just. Let's get let, let's skip let's real quick. Skip real so quick. basically, we get to the the climax of the movie, which is basically they they get down, they clink, and they hit metal. They're digging, digging, like oh my god, we've hit metal, and they, you know, and at this point, the Klopex are driving back, and I, they see the flare, the furnace going, the off. furnace going up, in their and basement. they and they just back the car up when yes. they see it, and just turn around and drive away. Clink. They hit metal. They freak out. They keep digging, 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 digging. Like they're like, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. We found we found Walter. We found Walter. They found a gas main. They've got an open furnace. Kaboom! The house blows up. Rick DeComan makes it out the door. Tom Hanks does not. There's this triumphant music as everyone's standing around, and Tom Hanks just staggers out of this flaming this is one of the wreckage. Most amazing moment and of- beautiful, beautiful slapstick moment. He slides down like three stairs on his heels. Yeah, like he does this foot shuffle and just goes. It's like he brilliant. stays completely upright the entire time. His face, his eye is completely like swollen shut. Yes. He just look. He looks like. Uh, oh my god, he looks like. Um, uh, what's his name? Played Ferris Bueller. Uh, oh, Matthew, Matthew Broderick. Broderick. He looks like Matthew Broderick at the end of election. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like he's just completely beaten to a pulp. Yeah. And then like the house is burning, and here comes the police. And the Klopex. And you know. And the whole neighborhood. The whole out. neighbors come out. And 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 and, and 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 Rick Duke is yelling, "You've got to arrest!" Uh, oh and. Oh, I forgot to mention, just before they blow the main, that's when Bruce Dern sees, pulling into the driveway, Walter yeah. being helped oh, out of right. a car that's without right. his toupee. Right. And he's like, abort, abort, you did not find Walter, you know. And it turns out, you know, the guy, the, 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 the whole reason they were suspicious of them was Walter disappearing. 
That's the that's the murder. Yeah. <laughs> they like he's alive. He's so they 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 fault they've been falsely thinking these people had killed their their the the, the weird old man they in their don't neighborhood. Hit a, they don't hit a coffin in the bottom. They hit a gas main. They've yeah. realized like, their mistake. Like, like, and Tom Hanks is like, oh my god, we've ruined the. And, and Tom Hanks explodes at Bruce Dern and, and Art, I, like I, at Rumsfeld and Art, and he's just like you. We're the ones. We're the bad guys. Yeah, we're, we're, the monsters. we're the monsters. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, how do you explain that, like, they had Walter's toupee? And he's like, I was getting his mail for him. Actually, I think it's the detective that says that. The detectives, they were yeah. getting the mail yeah, for him. Yeah, they were getting the mail for him. Yeah, they were being neighborly. Yeah. You know, so, which I always found really weird that they, like, he spoke to them and they and that's they agreed. Exactly that, like, it's what, such a strange moment. That's what I moment. was saying was a weird moment. That's you know what? I think that weird moment is explained better by the alternate ending. I agree. Um, but, um, so, uh, and we'll get to that one. Uh so, like, basically, Tom Hanks has, like, an explosion of, like, we have ruined these people's lives. We We're the monsters. We blew up their house. We've suspected them. They've done nothing other than just keep a crappy yard and, like, whatever. And the detective's like, oh, he's a, he's a, he's a pathologist. He's, he's a, a well, yeah. He's a well-known, like, explain this bone. He's a pathologist or whatever, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's like, you know, whatever. So, like, Tom Hanks just gives, he does a great thing where he just gives up. Like he walks into the ambulance and lays down and says, take me to the hospital, yeah. you know? You know, he's like, fine, whatever. I'll go to jail, whatever. I don't even care. Yep. You know, and like, you know, and everyone, like there's chaos on the streets. Uh, Corey Feldman's just cheering. He's full of delight. Pizza dude know. shows up. Pizza dude shows up, has an accident, yeah, crashes, well, pizzas pizza come falling fly. out. It's amazing. Um, or does that happen? No, that doesn't happen then. Um, and then while Tom Hanks is laying there, Werner Klopfeck comes in and he's very calm like and like soothing and he's like checking on him and then he's like but you know you saw you know and he's like I know what and by the way I judging from Tom Hanks' performance I don't think he did know yeah I don't think he knew either. I think Tom Hanks just assumed like whatever but Klopek basically says you knew you know you know, not Walt, but you knew that we that we had murdered the Naps. Yeah. And like basically you learn that, oh my God, that yeah, Walter Walter was fine, but they had killed the Naps and that was who and had he dug had he dug under the furnace instead of where they dug, they would have found the you know, he would have found their skulls or whatever. Yeah. You know, and it turns out they really are like weird cultist murderers, possibly cannibals. It's never really explained. Yeah, it's not explained. You know, although considering this is the late eighties and we were like still at the height of ritual satanic abuse panic. Yeah. You know, like we were like, like this whole country still like actually believed like wholeheartedly and man, everyone, everyone had the place near them that had the secret satanic rituals. Yeah, yeah. Like they were, animals were mutilated or murders happened. For us, it was the bunkers on Sullivan's Island. Mm. Um, you know, oh, everyone swore up and down they found a dead cat that had been mutilated and nailed to a wall. No, no one, that, that's a fucking lie. It never happened. Mm -hmm. There was no, there's never, like this is a thing that never happened. This is like, ra this is like candy apples and razor blades. Mm -hmm, I Little dead soon engraves. I remember Halloween. I'm sorry. I just started quoting the misfits anyway. um but anyway i apparently digress again um but um basically klopek is gonna he's got a like hans is in the driver's seat and klopek has like a syringe and he's gonna stab tom hanks with it and like get rid of like get rid of him just so that they can all like like that so there's no evidence right and they wrestle and they start to drive off and tom hanks like like some i can't remember how it happened that Tom Hanks managed to like escape enough that his his uh, stretcher rolls out the back well, of the they, van. They hit, he hits the oh, he hits the pizza man. He hits the pizza man. Yeah, or, he hits the pizza no, guy. No, I think he doesn't. He 
fly into the, the house? Yeah, at the end, yes. Because, oh. like, I'm saying, how does, I don't know, I can't remember why the ambulance goes out of control. The, oh, because they're fighting and then they're like, fighting yeah. and oh yeah he oh yeah he like hits Hans or something yeah. and like he swerves yeah. they crash into what turns out to be Art's house yes and then the um, back opens and then up. the back opens and they come rolling out yes. and it's like a, there's like a camera shot it's like kind of reminded me of actually a Sam Raimi movie at that moment because it's like the camera's following the stretcher mm-hmm. and um, basically like you know they're wrestling on the street and you know like. And it's like, and then Tom Hanks is like, arrest this man. He's guilty. Citizens arrest. And he like mm-hmm. holds him against the tr- car and he's like, I've done nothing. And like, this man's respected. It's like, you know, like, you know, you could, you, you know, like you have no proof. You have nothing. And and like either Bruce Dern or Art goes, oh yeah, we do. Because the trunk's open on their car and it's just full to the gills with skulls. Skulls all over. Skulls There's and just bones. Skulls and bones. Like it's, it, there's so many skulls and bones. It looks like a Yale party. Yes. <laughs> and uh, basically, so the Clopex end up going to jail. Art, like, everyone goes... shows up. His wife shows up. Oh, Art's wife shows up in a great scene where they're like, um, Art, your your house is on fire and your wife's here. And he goes, my wife's here? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, basically, um, Art tries to base, tries to uh, go off with, uh, with Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher, but they're going, Tom Hanks is going to lay down and take a nap. You know, he's like, no, we got to talk to the press. The press is coming. Geraldo's going to come and open up, dig up the Clopex basement. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, like there's a media circus starting to like descend on them. And Tom X is like, no, I'm, I'm going to take a vacation. Yeah. Like wow. he's basically taking another vacation because he needs it. He needs it. And Bruce Dern is dragged home to his bed by his wife, I think, to do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's implied mm-hmm. that they're going to have, like very she's turned on by the, the craziness. Very much implied. And the movie basically ends with Corey Feldman. Doing smoking a take, a pipe. smoking a pipe, and doing a take to the camera, and saying, "I love this neighborhood." Yeah. And then it pans back up from the house to the model to the map to the globe, the end. And there's an alternate ending yeah, that's just slightly zip different. Through the sucker real fast. No, we're gonna take a really long time, honey. It does not matter. <laughs> you have nothing better to do than listen to us talk. Um, you know, all the best podcasts are, are full of people complaining about the fact that they don't want to do them. Um, so, the, the but Allie, you prefer the alternate ending. I do. Uh, and I, I, the major difference in the alternate endings is that, like, he kind of doesn't give, give the, like, like, he, like, he's going to go kill Tom Hanks and he's talking and talking about it. And then people just open the gate and, and hear him confess. Yeah, because what what's, and what, then, what happens is Art is going to go apologize, and he opens it. He opens it just as he hears the confession. Yeah, and so everyone and everyone's just standing around staring, and and then you, there's actually a very great scene where like like I kind of wish this had been incorporated into the real ending where Henry Gibson gives a monologue about why he moved to the suburbs. Yes, that's it's I like love it's that. quiet. People leave you alone. Yeah. You know, you can do that. Like there's there's. Good, you know, like there's food, there's par- ample parking. And <laughs> like, it, right? Anybody can, anybody can kill anybody, and you don't know. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, he doesn't say that. It's more just that that people leave you. Yeah. Alone. It's the real reason people yeah. move to the suburbs. Yeah. It's quiet. There's parking. There's ample you parking. know, there's ample parking. You could buy, you know, like you could buy. Th- you know, like yeah, it's he gives this great model. Like, just shops and whatever, yeah. you know, and the schools, you yeah. know, or whatever, you know, and oh, and, and we forgot to mention, of course. uh they never really show Brother Theodore's character getting arrested, Reuben, but they you do see um, Bruce Dern does tackle Hans Klopek, and yes. I think that's what turns his wife on, if uh, I'm yes. not mistaken. And he, and he tackles him the worst way. He, like, slips while tackling him yeah. and, like, does, like, a leg tackle. But, the slapstick uh, in this movie is good. Oh, it's great. And Bruce Dern does some really good does slapstick, really good, to be yeah. honest. 
You know, and like and Bruce Stern was at the time like in his early fifties. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. I know. You know, because I'm in my early forties, and I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, I could do that kind of slapstick, but that would involve them having to take a three week break in between my shots. It's a, no, what's her toes from uh, Moving Violations, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love what's her toes. Yeah. Do you mean Wendy Spur? Wendy Joe Sperber? No, the old lady. Oh, uh, Verna Jump, Verna whatever, Velda, Velda something. Yeah, not 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 the Where's the Beef lady. Not the Where's the Beef lady. Yeah. Clara Bella. Yes. Yes. She was your local know, manicurist. How did you not was. remember? I, don't know how I remember. So anyway, um, um, so yeah, so then the also I like the alternate, and then the end, the end. It's end mostly the same. the same, and and to be honest, like obviously this, I, my guess is this didn't test as well. I'm sure because it like obviously like and uh, obviously like a lot of the shots were alternate shots that weren't as well framed. Right. Like, right. I feel like they, and like, like the end, whenever, oh, there's an end in the, the regular thing, Art's being interviewed by the press, and he's like, you don't mess with the suburbs, we, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he gives, he delivers, like, there's cameras taking pictures of him while he's doing that. And in the original version, he was just talking to a print journalist who's yeah, writing on a pad. Down. It's like, bizarre, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, why don't we up this up a bit? Yeah. So that, that is the burbs. And, uh, you know, I guess, um, so John, uh, was it worth revisiting? Oh my God, yeah! I love this movie. I, I like this movie is actually better than I remembered it. Yeah, I was expecting to be like, eh, it's pretty good, but I love this movie. I, think, I, think, I love. It turns out nine times out of ten, I'm gonna love a Joe Dante movie. Yeah, they're they're not necessarily great filmmaking all the time, but they're always fun. They're like, like you know, like I like I like a lot of Joe Dante movies a lot. You know, I. I like, you know, the Gremlins movie. Gremlins 2, The New Batch, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Inner Space is fun. Small Soldiers was really fun. Yeah. Like, did you, you didn't see Small Soldiers, no. did you? No. I mean, it was, it was silly and goofy, but I, I like, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, he's, The Howling, good, good werewolf movie. Those five scenes he directed on Rock and Roll High School, amazing. Yeah. Piranha. You know, like, Joe Dante's just, just, he's a fun, he's a fun director. Totally. You know, I always enjoy him. Um, so, Allie. Was it worth watching? It was. It was actually. It was. It was a hoot in a handbasket. I really enjoyed it. It was um, like you can't take it seriously, but at the oh, same, you should no, right. no. But but you know me. I love any. It's just like when I'm listening to a, a song or like in Hamilton when they yeah. they talk about the fact that he's you know yeah. modulating the key and then he modulates. It. You know how much I love that shit. Yeah. And Joe Dante's stuff is rife with all that. Like yeah. he ha- he understands. He's meta. He's meta filmmaking. Very meta filmmaking, and I find that shit so fun and comical. You're gonna and- love Gremlins Two: The New Batch, uh, which hey, if someone pays us enough money, maybe we'll, we'll break <laughs> our rules. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And the thing I love about this, by the way, is like. I think Joe Dante does better than most in skirting the line of horror and comedy. Yeah. Horror comedies tend to be like very hit and miss. Yes. But like he started, the thing is he started out mainly as a horror director mm. and sort of gradually moved into comedy. So I feel like that is one of the reasons that like he can pull it off. Like he knows how to make real horror movies, yeah. like real low budget B horror, you know, but like. You know, like he's got a pedigree. You know, I get it. He did Piranha. He did The Howling. Those right. are, you know, those are essentially he, more horror than than comedy. Like direct, you know. I, and then by Gremlins, he kind of put more comedy in. You know, but yeah, he's yeah, he's it, it's a delight. I agree. I, I definitely find I found it, and it's bizarre to me that I had never seen it because I actually really like Tom Hanks and I like yeah. this era of Tom Hanks. You mean fact, his? You mean his desperately seeking success between Splash and Big? Let me tell you something. Tom Hanks played the age of 30 from the time he was like 20 to the time he was 50. Oh yeah, Tom Hanks is like perpetually 30 for his whole life. Tom Hanks is perpetually 30 in the same way I once heard Richard Nixon described as perpetually 48. 
Yes. Like Richard Nixon was forty-eight from like for like thirty years. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, it's but, exactly how it feels. So I, to me, and I always liked Tom Hanks, and he was to me a that guy the way Kevin Spacey was a that guy before he turned right, into yeah, anybody. Yeah, Tom, yeah, in the eighties, like people forget that Tom Hanks, like he was in, he he was the lead in a lot of movies. Yes. He was a lead, but he was not a lead in like too many hits. In no, the they 80s. were all like B like, comedies. Like, like, I mean, honestly, other than let me see, Splash. And big. I don't know that any of his movies were mega hits. No, they were not. I mean, like, what did he do? He did Joe, I, I, Joe versus Volcano, Turner and Hooch. He did the um, Bachelor Party. Bachelor Party. You know, like like most of the Mazes of Monsters. Oh, uh, Man with One Red Shoe. Money Pit. Yeah. yeah, Man with One Red Shoe. You know, like, like Dragnet was Dragnet. moderately was, successful, yeah. but like not really. But like he did a crap ton of movies, like in the in that window between Splash and then. I mean, he was Michael Caine of the eighties. Well, I think Michael Caine is still the Michael Caine of the eighties. Well, he was, but I'm saying of you know, yeah, yeah, but no, yeah, he definitely was. um, You know, like he was in a lot of stuff, and most of it was mediocre. But like you're like, but there is a sense of like I I enjoy that that era of Tom Hanks too because it's like it's before the world decided he had to be a serious actor. That he was the C. Thomas Howell. As well, like nobody remembered C. Thomas Howell's name, but he was in everything in the '80s, and you don't remember, but he was. And you're like, really? I can think of like three movies he was in. Okay, Soul Man, mm-hmm. The Outsiders, mm-hmm. Soul Man. <laughs> that yeah, was I, recommended for us to do today, to 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 me, to by somebody today. Have you seen Soul Man? Oh yeah, I have. Okay, so have I. Yeah, so yeah. We, uh, uh, Again, uh, you know that, that'll go on the list of maybe we'll do it. You know, yeah. like twenty percent of our episodes are ones we've both seen at most. Uh, All right. So anyway, know, so. so so let's let's uh, we 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 both enjoyed this movie, which is kind of fun. We both enjoyed this movie almost almost as much as we didn't enjoy talking about it for some reason. I enjoyed talking about I know, it. I'm just kidding. You know it's, I don't know. This it's, it's a weird vibe. This episode. Well, where the I dog is really me. the bigger problem. Okay. Yeah. He wants his tooth back. God, that tooth. To tell the tooth. Oh, my God. Boo. Anyway, we have a website, matchmadeinspace.com, where you can locate this and other episodes. Uh, You can also just locate them by going to iTunes and searching for Match uh, match Made in Space. Um, And, hey, if you wanted to, rate and review us on the old old, uh, iTunes machine. That would be really cool because it, you know, ups our profile and uh, feeds our egos. Um, We've been pretty good lately with getting back on a schedule after a very very long uh you know hiatus you know and it, it, you know not, i'm not going to pretend that being you know having our ego stroked in some some capacity by actually having listeners uh, does make us do this more often sure does. um and uh you can also contact us um i mean the easiest way to contact us is probably twitter that's at mmis podcast uh, you can also contact the uh, individually. You can contact uh, Allie at A L I underscore Goodman. Uh, you can contact me at Hitler Puncher, and um, you can also contact us. Uh, and again, you'd be the first to contact us at uh, matchmadeinspace at gmail dot com. Yes. If you have any questions, anything you want, any any comments about this movie that you might want to talk about, you know, just let us know. Uh, we'll. Uh, will possibly respond to you or or probably forget to check the email for six months and be like, oh my God, someone had something to say about the burbs. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, I guess um, 
I don't have too much else to say. No, um, I, I mean, that's, that's okay. I guess, uh, I guess we're trying to we're trying to get back on a regular schedule where this is going to be coming out every Sunday. I've decided every other Sunday. every other Sunday. Oh, sorry. Whoa, yeah, every other Sunday. Uh, you know, around noon central time. Um, and our off weeks will be the other. And, our, and, our, and on the off weeks, uh, if you really want to hear us talk, you know, we do another podcast uh, called uh, A Hard Grey's Night in which Allie forces me to watch Grey's Anatomy. And I very gradually develop Stockholm Syndrome about it because yes. I have not been nearly as snarky about it as I Well, the last, as I used last to couple be. episodes have not been so bad, so. Yeah. Mm. Actually, I think it's that Meredith has not been as terrible as normal. That could be it. But um, at any rate... Uh, that is, um, that's it. That's it. So. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, this has been a match made in space signing off. Adios. Look at my tooth. It fell out of my head. (laughs) 